0: it helps if everybody who who is indulging in paid reviews or uh, native content if it would be a good idea if they if they completely disclose their business interest as well along with the story i should not be like in six six pixel font right it should be clearly visible it should not be like i read a 600 word article and after that i realize oh it was sponsored
1: Welcome to Outliers. It is uh, a podcast about outliers and uh, the idea is to sit down uh, have conversations with outliers and uh, Today we have Amit Agarwal uh, Who I consider an outlier of course, not just because he's based in Agra (laughs) far away from uh, the so-called digital capitals of India, but uh, because that's his choice and uh, I have been following Amit uh, since uh, 2005 I think I was in the middle of my career and uh, I started reading up the stuff that he wrote Amit and I really liked it because uh, one they were very focused sharp uh, in terms of uh, opinion and making sense of uh, well products back then. uh, but more importantly, uh, I, I believe yours has been an important voice uh, in the evolution of consumer technology in India. Uh, swamit so this is quite a shy <laughs> person as I discovered uh, in this meeting in Agra today. Uh, Amit, uh, welcome to Outliers.
0: Thank you, Pankaj. Thank you for having me on your show and thank you for coming all the way from Bangalore to Agra to meet me. So it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you very much for coming here.
1: Great. Pleasure is all mine. Uh, If you could uh, get into this conversation, Amit. Uh, You started writing uh, in 2004 with LabNol. How's that journey been for you?
0: Yeah, so uh, I'll go a little bit far from 2004. So basically, I'm an engineer and um, I was working with a company in Hyderabad. I worked with them for five years and being a slightly homesick person, I thought maybe I should move and stay with my family. So my family is based in Agra. The city is very famous for the Taj Mahal, but you don't find anything else here, right? Uh, So I moved here, but my passion was always programming and technology, but uh, unfortunately the the city didn't have much to offer me. So I had to find a way to do something on my own, and that's when I read about blogging and. Probably I thought that I would use my blog, I would start a blog and then I would use my blog as a portfolio to showcase what I know, what my expertise is and probably I thought people would find me on the internet and they'll send me some words so I can continue to work on technology side while staying in the small city called Agra. So that's how I started my blog. I started writing about stuff that I liked. In fact, if I remember correctly in 2004 I, I purchased a printer that was an HP printer, a very small printer, but I was really impressed with it and probably I thought that maybe I should write about it. <laughs> so I had this uh, blog on a website called blogspot.com, which was a Google product and it was free. So I, I started something there and started writing about that printer. And uh, I just wrote about it and what I found was that like, people were contacting me and asking me more. So that uh, created more interest and more engagement on the blog which which was i would say it was a turning point because Mm. i I started writing more after that because then that's when i realized that people were what i'm writing people were finding it useful and people were coming back to read what i'm writing so that created interest and i I started spending more and more time on writing so um, when i started the blog the idea was to use the blog as a portfolio and get clients but <laughs> over time what happened was like blog became the source of everything and then uh, sometime I think a year later this thing called Google AdSense and everything came up so it, it became easy for me to you know monetize that traffic as well without me having to spend any time on the business side of things so I could focus uh, on the writing part and these things could take care of the monetization part. So that's how it started, and it's been it's been like that for over 12, 13 years now. Mm-hmm. But a lot has changed since then as well. Uh,
1: like we were discussing, uh, what's really changed, say in past
0: one or two years? So, uh, so when I started this uh, website, uh there were very few people in India doing it. In fact, I don't remember anyone in the tech space doing professional blogging in the sense like who uh, who were using their blog as their primary source of revenue as their profession. So when I started this blog, that created quite a buzz, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> and a uh, lot of these, you know, these big media houses like DCNN, IBM, NDTV, they all landed in my place and started interviewing <laughs> me. So it, it was a surprise and like... But uh, they, they, they covered the story uh, that somebody's staying in a small town and yet doing something on the internet, which is generating millions of page views. So that generated a lot of interest on the internet and that, I think that was also one of the reasons why the, the, the readership started growing. And I was also spending more and more time on this. And then because of the coverage and everything, the readership started growing and I think uh, after that a lot of other people got inspired and if if you look at the scenario now yeah. you will see that probably there are i don't know the exact numbers but probably a few thousand people are blogging in india and i'm sure a lot of them are doing extremely good now to come back to the point of blogging <laughs> I, I really hate that word <laughs> being called a blogger <clears throat> because uh, like if you if you if you drive a car you're not a driver right you have you have a skill you are probably a doctor or something, you're not a driver. Same is the case with the word blogger, right? I, I mean, if you write a blog, you're not a blogger. You, you have your own skill set. It's just that blog is a medium for publishing your thoughts. So. Yeah. But uh, definitely a lot has changed in all these years. And uh, because more and more people have found interest and they've found success on the internet through blogs. So uh, I see that blogs have become the source of uh, news the source of reviews so suppose if you have to buy something you'll probably either go to the big websites like the Times of India or the NDTV or you'll probably if you know somebody who writes a blog on it you will go to that and you'll read it yeah so a lot of people are forming their opinions or making purchase decisions based on what is written by these uh, people who are writing these blogs but in the last two years I think what has changed is suddenly the medium of communication from being a blog has changed to YouTube. Mm -hmm. So people either because of the short attention span or whatever may be the reason but what I'm seeing is like for specific uh, domains like for technology, for gadgets, Mm -hmm. for cooking, for entertainment people are, which are, I mean, very visual in nature, you know, people are more interested in going to YouTube and quickly watching a three minute video versus reading a 600 word story. Mm -hmm. So that has been a biggest change in these two years. And I think primarily the reason being that uh, the bandwidth costs have come down, the connection speeds have uh, gone up, the the cost of connectivity has gone down. So I see that a lot and a lot of Time is getting focused on the YouTube, the video side of things as well. So this is the biggest change I'm seeing in the last yeah. two years. The uh,
1: Sorry, yeah. Uh, the point uh, that you made before we got into this call is, uh, uh, so moving beyond page views, I think mean, as an engineer, or as a geek like you call yourself, uh, you were looking for something else. Uh, and, and, and that was beyond page views, right? I mean, what, what was that... You were looking for how did you discover it first
0: so ultimately uh, at the end of the in the at the end of the day when you go to bed you you you, you should feel good about right what you have done for the day so page views maybe give you that instant gratification but in the long run you know they're just a number so they do not bring any kind of happiness same as with the case of because ultimately page views translate into revenue so the more page views you get more or less the kind of the revenues would also be dependent on that but as you mature, like probably when i when i started and uh, when my page views starts say a million i was very happy then they does two million i was extremely happy <laughs> but after that like those things never gave you never gave me happiness the things that gave me happiness was like people were reading stuff or people were uh, using the stuff that i created and they were der- deriving value out of it or they were that made a change in their lives in some cases so these were the things that gave me satisfaction and over the last five or six years i have slightly changed and my more focus is on bringing out things bringing out tools and utilities that people worldwide use and they derive value out of it so i think that gives me more satisfaction now bringing giving out stuff that that you know increases the productivity of people or they make their tech lives easier.
1: No, that's amazing. Uh, so so now I think it's a good time to get into the part of this conversation where, uh, I mean let us pick uh, three, four, five, whatever number from your list you can pick of ideas and hacks uh, that you have uh, developed and that are solving a problem. Uh, It would be actually great to listen to you uh, and discover some of those solutions. Uh, And uh, I hope uh, others get inspired and and then build more.
0: (laughs) Yes, so so like I've been writing on technology, consumer technology for over 12-13 years now, but uh, ultimately I'm an engineer, I'm a programmer by profession and so that's where my main uh, passion is. And so even in these 12 years when I was not writing the, I was building something or building web apps that that solved some problems. So over these years I have built quite a few tools. So they were just, I just created them because I found them interesting or probably they solved a problem that I had. But luckily what happened was like people around the world discovered those tools and some of those have like millions of users. So uh, I have this friend in Agra who who runs a Saudi business and he gets all these sarees from Kolkata. Now he has to travel to Kolkata every two weeks or so. But the problem is like every time he would go to book a ticket, the tickets were blocked. So he is not very quick at typing. And by the moment he typed everything, the tickets were gone. <laughs> so he called me up and said if I had any solution. And what I did was I created this little JavaScript bookmark- bookmarklet. Mm-hmm where you just click the button automatically everything that you have tried before gets filled in the ticket uh, window. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the, at like 8 am or 9 am, whenever the Tatkal window opens, he would go there and click the JavaScript bookmarklet and automatically everything, all the passenger details would fill. And then he just had to sub- click submit to make a booking. So he was very successful. <laughs> and I thought probably he liked it. Somebody else would like it, so I made a website out of and uh, then I made a Chrome extension for it. And now I think it has crossed a million users. <laughs> wow! So it was just a simple solution, but I think a lot of people are deriving value out of it. And I call this magic out autofill because it was it worked just like magic. You know, you with a click you could fill everything. And now probably there are a hundred other chrome extensions that do the same thing <laughs>
1: that's that's the thing about yeah. uh, technology that if you use it to solve a real uh, problem and especially india's unique problem i think that that that's the gratification that yeah
0: that's right <laughs> and the indirect benefit is like if you if you put some ads there it pays your bills also <laughs> <laughs> of
1: course let's not forget that.
0: So, nice. so the other thing I was talking about was like um, there was this lawyer in the US mm-hmm. who, who had a litigation and the court asked them to produce volumes and volumes of emails. Mm-hmm. So he had all these emails in his Gmail account, mm-hmm. probably a few hundred or thousand, I don't remember the exact number, but he had to take a printout and produce them all in court. And, uh, to be very frank, there is no way you can do it. Either You have to open every email manually and then do it. There's no way to do it. So what I did was like, I wrote some sort of script that would take every email, convert it into a PDF file. And that PDF file would automatically go to his printer through Google Cloud Print. Mm-hmm. So he could print all his mail with a click click of a button. So that solved his big problem.
1: <laughs> that again has uh, over a million users.
0: Yeah, that has a million users. And in that case, uh, what happened was like, I made a Chrome extension out of it. That that was approved by Google and it's now in the Google Docs Add-on store, and that got so popular that it's probably used in probably every big company in the world now, from Google to Uber. So that's like hugely popular, and that started with a small problem.
1: <laughs> you were talking about uh, this, uh, uh, I think
0: dictation, um,
1: dictation, yeah. and then
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think when Google released Chrome, I think in the later versions they added something called web speech technology in this. So what you speak, it would transcribe. So now if you go to Google search and you'll see a little mic icon in the search bar, if you click that, it recognizes your voice and it automatically transcribes into text. So what I did was like, um, I created a application called Mm dictation.io. What it does is like, you just attach your microphone to your computer and you start speaking and automatically transcribes everything you say. So internally, it uses Google Chrome Web Speech APIs. But you, what you now you have is a very, very simple interface where you can just go there with the click of a button. You can start speaking. It probably supports all languages from <coughs> English to Arabic and even Hindi. Oh wow! So um, that was again a fun project. But uh, I think few few thousand people use it every day and uh, sometimes you get mails about pe- from people who use it and you feel really good about it so for instance i got a mails that that said that uh, i burnt my fingers he was probably a us veteran and he burnt his fingers so now he's using dictation.io to write all his emails so that that gives you immense pleasure then i got an email from a mother her son has dyslexia and now she he is using this dictation.io to communicate which also makes you feel good
1: i think uh, i think as as, as a real uh, engineer uh, or a geek as you call it uh, there is always this fun of solving real problems uh, for people and and that challenges you more
0: yeah so i mean uh, uh, i get bored of things very quickly so i'm always looking for new challenges and uh, so I, i'm looking at people, what kind of problems people have and trying to figure out if I can solve them through apps or these add-ons and a lot of times I do so most of these uh, problems come to me through emails people ask me if I have a solution and sometimes if I can build a solution around that I feel very happy.
1: Uh, On the productivity side uh, there's a lot of people uh, always consume, download so many apps thinking it will solve their productivity problem I can't tell you enough how, I mean the whole disenchantment that follows I mean, even if you take something as simple as uh, you know a task organizer or to do so called to do list which nobody solved it well what are some of the productivity hacks uh, that, that have you know challenged you when you enjoyed solving them
0: so um uh. I also face this problem of productivity, having too many <coughs> too many things to do, but yet not finding enough time to do, and also always figuring out uh, which problem should I solve now and which one should I defer, and uh, so I've also tried a lot of apps, from Trello to Wonderlist, and uh, ultimately what happens is like these itself become a junkyard of all your to do's that you want to solve but you never get a time to solve that. yeah so th- that is still a problem i'm trying to solve and ultimately what i've decided is i have to i've decided to use normal posted paper notes that i stick on my computer screen and just look at the tasks that i have to do for that day but i think one one productivity tip that has really helped me over these years is like before going to bed i always make it a point to note down what i have to do the next day so I have my tasks defined the moment I get up. I know what I have to do the, that day. And I think that is something that has really helped me. So other than answering emails, I have a few sa- set of tasks defined that I want to do, or wa- I want to the things that I want to work on. And my aim for that day is to to finish all those.
1: It's strange how it takes something as simple as it to solve that problem, isn't yeah, it?
0: Because uh, you know that that thing is always on your screen, so you can always see it, no matter how many windows you have open on your computer. So that's that's one. That's still that's still the only way to solve problems.
1: <coughs> Another thing, Amit, is uh, like the whole the holy grail of uh, building technology solution these days seem to be how human-like can it be? I mean, people. T- talk of, uh, even on the natural language uh, side and things like that, uh, you know, the, they're using terms like, okay, this, this is like human-like, right? I mean, uh, like a real conversation. <laughs> like So, technology's holy grail seems to be become, uh, you know, make it, make it human-like. So, why waste time building these solutions? Why can't you stay that way?
0: Yeah, I think uh, people... <laughs> uh everybody has a time problem i mean we are always short on time so we are looking for something that's uh, i mean extremely simple involves absolutely no learning curve and we just see it we understand how we do it and we start working on it so i mean if i look at my own case the apps i use i i mean i rarely look at the help manual if i don't understand something i probably uninstall it immediately because i don't want to spend time understanding how it works so that is why i think People, app builders, everybody is more focused on human-like in the sense involves no learning curves, very easy to understand and solves one problem, but solves it exactly right. I mean, nobody is looking for apps that does a hazard different things, right? People just want one app that solves their one problem, but does it very right. So if you look at like, let's take the case of Dropbox, right? It was a simple file syncing solution and did nothing else. Right now they have diversified into paper and so many other things, but when it launched several years ago, it focused on file syncing and it did it really right. And I think that's the reason why it got, it was so popular because it solved that one problem, but it did perfect.
1: That's an important point you make. Uh, What are the problems uh, that are exciting you now and that we could expect (laughs) to, to see solutions around in the coming weeks, months,
0: So uh, there are quite a few things I'm working on that are still in the development phase. So one is, I'm trying to build, uh, like I told you about dictation, which is trying to solve problems for people. Now I'm trying to integrate dictation with email solutions like Gmail. So instead of going to dictation, people could just fire the Gmail website and they could start writing their emails. That is one thing I'm working on It's, it's almost complete now. Then uh, recently what I have found was like a lot of focus is on YouTube channels. Yeah. So I was I was trying to build something around YouTube in the sense uh, like what happens is pe- uh, a YouTube channel can either be owned by an individual or they can have multiple collaborators, right? Or a group of moms can together form a YouTube channel. So they may not be contributing enough content as individuals, but as a group, they will probably have one or two video every day to contribute to the channel. Now the challenge that they face is how do they upload it? When you just have one account and you have 10 people using it, you cannot upload, right? Because each person will have to have their own credentials. Yeah. So what I'm trying to build is a common YouTube uploader where you just have a simple Google form like thing you upload the video and goes into a common youtube channel so this is i think a lot of other not just these small groups but even businesses can find this useful because they may have several employees uploading to the same youtube channel without them having to share the credentials with everyone so this is something i'm working on Then there are quite a few small projects small extensions that that are in the pipeline <laughs> So we surely will keep a tab on that.
1: Well, on a more final uh, note as we log out is, uh, if you look at the world of reviews today in India, I mean, of course, there's a you know great uh, momentum around technology products in India and a massive consumer population looking for insights and ideas to buy their next device or gadget and so on. Uh, how do you make these uh, buying decisions? And I'm asking that question because... Uh, uh, it's really tough to make sense from the reviews that we see online uh, they all uh, sound very linear and, and very sane uh, so so what would you advise people who are looking to acquire their next gadget or product what should they really what's the litmus test
0: <laughs> so um, I think in the last two years as I was talking about the growth of YouTube similarly there has been an explosion of growth in the case of uh, people who review gadgets and who uh, anything technical and so if you're looking to buy something and you put that stuff on google you'll probably find a hazard people who have already used that product and they are ready to uh, share their opinions with you now if i if i look at the review cycle generally how this works is like if a company is launching a product probably a week before they will send it to the the person who is reviewing it they will use the device and on the launch day the company will launch the product and the reviews will also go live so i think this is how mostly it works the 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 only problem with this approach is like uh, you cannot figure out how good or bad a device is by just two or three days of usage you need, really need to spend time with the device to figure out how good or bad that device is uh, based on a cursory glance at the screen or the resolution or how much the ram is or i mean not just by looking at the specs, you cannot figure out how good or bad a device is. You really need to spend time with it. And uh, so uh, if I, uh, I'm not somebody who will go to the market and buy it the day something is launched. I will probably always wait. And uh, if I have to buy something, uh, I, I, I mean, most of the times it's mobile phones, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the times it's mobile phones. So probably I will prefer going into a store and actually feeling it in my device. Because if some some reviewers say that it, this device feels really good in his in his her or her hands, probably my hands are different, right? <laughs> so my hands could be big or small related to that device reviewer's hands, right? So I would probably like to have a feel in my own hands. And second is I prefer to read reviews from people who have really spent de- time on the device before publishing it, vis-a-vis people who have just used the device probably in the press meet or in the launch event and just published a review. So, uh, because somebody who has spent more time on the device will have a better understanding of the product, and obviously, uh, you have to you have to be sure that the the review that has been published is is not biased.
1: (laughs) No, no, I I think it's a point well made. Hmm.
0: Yeah, because uh, yeah, you never know. I mean, what's the uh, what business has gone behind publishing that review? Right? So you have to be very careful about that as well.
1: You, you, you kind of hint at another big problem we are facing today and that of credibility and disclosures. I remember, I think you tweeted about it, right? How some kids are being uh, paid uh, on Twitter. Uh, so in a world of reviewers, uh, disclosure is, 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 is a big problem. Uh, do you see that as kind of a devil out there?
0: So ultimately uh, I think uh, on the internet credibility is everything and the moment you lose lose credibility you lose your readership and if somebody is reading to coming to my website and reading my content they they probably have this in mind that okay it's his independent thing and he is not influenced or he's not being paid to do it. But if I'm reading a content on some other website and I have this. I have this slight doubt then it's not good right Uh, even if I have a slight doubt that probably there is some interest in this article it's not that it's not completely unbiased then probably I will take it with a pinch of salt so definitely it helps if everybody who who is indulging in paid reviews or uh, native content if it would be a good idea if they if they completely disclose their business interest as well along with the story I should not be like in 6 six pixel font right it should be clearly visible it's, it should not be like I read a 600 word article and after that I realize oh it was sponsored so mm-hmm. I think this, this disclosure should be made mm-hmm. so that readership can decide whether they want to spend time on that article or not sure it should be right up there
1: wait uh, no no I mean signing off uh, Amit and uh, how do you describe uh, what you do To your family (laughs) and your kids
0: it was a problem before uh, because the moment you say that uh, you write they would say okay you write but what else do you do because most of the people have this impression that you cannot make a living of writing but uh, (coughs) then uh, for some time I worked with the Wall Street Journal India as the tech columnist so uh, instead of uh, explaining what i used to do i would just say that i work as a tech columnist for this, this company and then they would think, okay this guy is doing okay but uh, over i think in the last three or four years i have i've have been spending more time on software development doing freelance projects for some big companies so now i probably say that i focus my time between writing and software development so i have less explaining to do now <laughs> definitely initially it was tough no, I mean,
1: uh, I wish you uh, all the happiness and satisfaction in this new uh, found uh, avatar. <laughs> Thank you, Pankaj. And thanks uh, for talking to us, Amit. We really look up to you and admire uh, your work over years. You are clearly a role model for anyone who is writing on technology or trying to make sense of it.
0: Thank you, Pankaj. Thank you for having me here.
1: Take care. Thank you, Amit.